Is this frequency in use? Welcome to Southgate Vibes, a selection of the latest stories direct from Southgate Amateur Radio News. I'm Steve Richards, Golf 4 Hotel Papa Echo. You're going to hear my personal picks of what is happening in amateur radio and the wider world of communications. Whether you're just starting out in ham radio or an experienced operator spinning around the spectrum for those rare and sometimes strange signals, I hope you'll find something to entertain you here. Welcome to Southgate Vibes. Okay, here we go again with what's new in the world of communications. But I know that you're hanging on your seat, as it were, uh, to hear about my experimentations with remote flushing of toilets using an HF radio transmitter. Ladies, if you are discommoded, please leave the room now. You may recall from last episode that having just had a new bathroom installation with a toilet that uses a non-touch flushing facility, every time I transmitted on shortwave, the toilet was flushing all by itself. It wasn't very easy to find out any technical details of the flushing device, which is a battery-operated black plastic box with a hand detector plate at the front, which is meant to be placed behind the fascia, above or to the side of the loo, and this connects by a couple of vacuum pipes to the water system itself. Certainly, there were no user controls, such as maybe a sensitivity adjustment. The basic operation, as I understand it, is that when you wave your hand near the detector plate, which is effectively one plate of a capacitor with a bias voltage permanently on it, you alter the capacitance, which alters the voltage and thus tells the device to trigger a flush. Well, firstly, I thought about providing some earthing around the device, a sort of Faraday cage, so I wrapped it in heavy kitchen foil. This made a little bit of difference, but unfortunately there was nothing metal nearby to earth the foil shield too. So I then thought about reducing the sensitivity of the device by damping the capacitive front plate. I pinged off the plastic cover and inserted a sort of lozenge of foil, tightly wrapped around a former. Well, that seemed to do the trick. Although you now have to almost touch the fascia to flush the loo, it still works, as you would expect, and now it doesn't seem to react to my transmissions even at 100 watts. So for now, I have spared my flushes and placated the station manager. But it does bring into question the unfortunate purchaser of this device if, for example, they lived next door to where a transmitter was in constant use, for example, a taxi dispatch operation. What recourse would that person have? The answer, I'm afraid, is probably none. Once again, I have to question why these substandard items are being allowed into the UK in the first place, and how it seems just about impossible to enthuse the regulator about the ever-increasing list of devices that either unnecessarily generate radio frequency signals or are highly susceptible to them. Anyway, now that I can read the amateur radio magazines without a wet undercarriage, let's proceed to today's items. 
Sad and worrying news has come in from a small country that borders onto the southwestern flank of Ukraine. Persons unknown recently caused significant damage to a broadcasting station in Transnistria, a semi-autonomous region of Moldova, and with little information as to the people behind it and their motive, one can only speculate as to why this was carried out. In the early morning of April the 26th, two explosions occurred near a small village in the Grigoriopol district of the country of Moldova, close to the border with Ukraine. This is the location of a very large shortwave and medium-wave broadcast station. The Grigoriopol site consists of 950 hectares and has 20 high-power transmitters. The first blast took place at 0640 and the second at 0705, and masts appear to have fallen to the ground. Now, the two most powerful transmitters are out of service, one at 1,000 kilowatts and the other at 500 kilowatts. Both were transmitting Russian state-owned radio Vesti FM. The station was built in the late 1960s, but expanded in the 1990s. In 1997, several antennas were destroyed or damaged by excessive icing. This resulted in the loss of a 350-metre-tall guide mast and a 250-metre-tall mast used for medium-wave broadcasting. The arrays include a steerable shortwave radio antenna and several 160-metre-tall medium-wave towers. Antennas of these dimensions, using 1 million watts, are capable of transmitting waves over any distance. The waves can circle the Earth and come back round. The main customers of the transmitting service are the Russian Television and Radio Broadcasting Network and Transworld Radio. Responsibility for the attack was not immediately clear. Now, if you are into a wide range of electronics, including amateur radio, there may be just the role for you. The Radio Society of Great Britain is currently advertising for a key salaried job which has a wide brief. The Radio Society of Great Britain is recruiting a Radcom technical editor. Reporting to the managing editor, the successful candidate will commission articles and liaise with authors on their articles work closely with the expert volunteers on the RSGB Technical Forum, sub-edit copy sent in by contributors and regular columnists, help to guide the content of Radcom Basics and Radcom Plus supplements with their editors, be part of the team that puts together GB2RS, answer member queries on technical and licensing matters, and help develop the entire coordinated Radcom portfolio, including exploiting new media opportunities. Candidates must be positive, enthusiastic about technology and have an excellent command of English, a good eye for detail and be able to work to exacting standards often under pressure. A wide range of radio and electronics knowledge is required, including amateur radio. This staff position is based at RSGB headquarters near Bedford, although an element of working from home could be discussed. The salary is negotiable depending upon relevant qualifications and experience. For more detailed information about the role and how to apply, see the careers page on the RSGB website, www.rsgb.org forward slash careers. 
If you like the idea of camping at a large festival, which has a very strong radio and electronics aspect, then the weekend of the 2nd to the 5th of June may be just for you. While you fuel your body with limitless food and drink opportunities, you can also fuel your mind with a tremendous range of shiny foil attractions, which cover every imaginable aspect of radio and technology. And you know it's going to be sunny the whole time. The popular electromagnetic field event will take place over June the 2nd to the 5th at the Eastnor Castle Deer Park, Herefordshire, in the UK. Imagine a camping festival with a power grid and high-speed internet access, a temporary village of geeks, crafters and technology enthusiasts that's lit up by night and buzzing with activity during the day. Thousands of curious people will descend on the friendly open space to learn, share and talk about what they love. EMF Camp will feature a full programme of talks and workshops, and there will be both an amateur radio village with callsign Golf X-Ray 1 Echo Mike Foxtrot and an AMSAT UK village. On their website, the organisers say that over the long weekend, you can expect to see a huge variety of talks across three stages, a slew of workshops, as well as music, games and installations dotted around the site. At previous events, attendees have heard talks about everything from genetic modification to electronics, blacksmithing to high-energy physics, reverse engineering to lockpicking, computer security to crocheting, and quadcopters to brewing. Talks and workshops start at midday on Tuesday the 2nd of June and last until the Sunday evening. Gates open at midday on Thursday, giving you plenty of time to get onto the site and set up your camp. You can stay until midday on Monday, so you can enjoy the festivities on Sunday night. There's a lot more information about the EMF Camp at www.emfcamp.org and you can also follow them on Twitter at EMF Camp. Well, that's it for this time. You've been listening to Southgate Vibes, stories about amateur radio and the world of communications from Southgate Amateur Radio News. You can find these stories and many more daily reports at our website, southgatearc.org. Don't forget, we'd love to hear from you. You can get in touch by sending an email to vibes at southgatearc.org. So until next time, this is Steve Richards, G4 Hotel Papa Echo, signing off and wishing you best 7-3.